This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs is in his 41st year as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. I wanted to tell you what a great service you provide to this community. I listen to your show every week. Thank you for what you do for our community, for all the parents, coaches, and athletes. And now, here's your host, rated one of the best therapists in Kansas City, Missouri, by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here at Sports Radio 810 WHB here in Kansas City. I'm here every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 a.m., as you know, talking about the mental side of sports. We've been doing this for a long time. I've been on the air for over 30 years, the last 22 here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'll be starting my 43rd year of work after Labor Day as a sports psychologist, one of the first trained sports psychologists in the country. And I love doing this show each week because we talk about mindsets, attitudes, performance, confidence, stress, pressure, crazy coaches. You know, sportsmanship is one of my big topics and very sensitive to youth sports and, and, and high school sports athletes who have to deal with the abuse of coaches and, and teammates and parents, but a lot of times from coaches that goes on, the verbal and physical abuse that goes on. And uh, today, we're going to talk about a topic that is a very important one because it effect, affects all of us if you play sports. You know, fortunately here in Kansas City, the, the intense heat has broken. We're not over 100 degrees where it's been for like two weeks in a row. And high school sports have started up, you know, football, boys soccer, amongst other sports, cross-country. And it's been incredibly hot here and dangerous, dangerous to be playing sports. I know I work with the Kansas City Current and the women, our professional women's soccer team, and we move practice. The team moved practice to 7.30 in the morning instead of later to deal with you know not training in that intense heat because of the, the danger of it. And these young women bust their butts out there on, on the field, and they train hard. So... They're also given the right uh, supplements to have, the right uh, drinks and food and things to help them deal with the heat. That's a professional team, so they know how to deal with it. But lots of youth sports programs don't deal with this properly. Lots of high school programs don't deal with this properly. So because of that, I started thinking, well, you know, I need to have a good friend of mine in here who I've known since the 1980s. His name's Doug Wiesner. He's the program director for youth sports medicine at the University of Kansas Health System. And Doug and I have known each other from our days back in the Kansas City Comets back in the 1980s when I got hired to work with him. And when I called him and asked him to come in, which he gratefully did this morning, he said, are we going to talk about uh, the Thomas and, Ma- Thomas and Mac Center, right? Thomas, Thomas and Mac Arena. Th- Thomas and Mac Arena, Las Vegas, where I hypnotized the team in the shower on the tile floor uh, first time I did my visualization exercise with them in uh, January of 85. And we had guys from, I think, 12 different countries in there. And I, I'll never forget that, Dougie. 
We had a player, a very, very proud player named Peter Berilich, who was from Hungary, I believe. He was from Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia. Yeah. So we did the exercise, and he came over to me afterwards. He goes, this is good. This is good. Everyone should do this. I like this. Yeah. Um, you know, Andy coming in the first time when he when he came in, and he said, now I want everybody to lay down in the locker room. And I was standing over in the training room going, okay, let's see where this goes. <laughs> and surprisingly, just as you said, um, it was well-received, the Jacobson technique. That's part correct? of it, right. Yeah. goes through breathing, the progressive muscle relaxation exercise, right. a visualization exercise, and a confidence-building section. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, every, uh, my whole team was laying on their back and uh, relax your toes, relax your feet, re- relax your ankles. And all the way up the body, we went. And, uh, yeah, I think we went out and had a pretty stellar performance. Uh, I believe Alan Mayer was in goal that that uh, that day. And, and I think we supported him well. And I think we came away with a win. Yeah, we did win that game. And that, that's where I think I'd just been with the team for about a week and I think that's where things started to click. And as you know, uh, that was 1985. I got hired Christmas Eve day, 1984. Um, and one of the first sports psychologists in the country, and I've been doing it ever since, worked with, you know, as you know, all kinds of teams. I'd worked with the Olympic side. I was working with our cycling federation, the Olympic right. cycling team then. And been with the Royals. I've been at KU. I've worked with, you know, I'm now with the current. I work with lots of teams. And talk to things about these topics. And, you know, a few years ago, Doug, actually it's been close to 15 years ago, I had, and and this is one of the reasons I wanted to bring you in, I had a uh, phone call from a a dad said, I'd like you to to work with my son. He's a football player. And uh, I said, well, what's going on? He said, well, at practice, it, it was really hot then, and he collapsed from the heat, passed out, had to be taken in by ambulance to the hospital. He coded out, actually, in the ambulance. They brought him back and got to the hospital. This is from a very prominent school here in Kansas City on the Missouri side. And he recovered and came in. And, so the parents brought him in the first time, like I always meet the parents first. And they said, here's the deal. Well, he this happened at practice. He's a starting offensive lineman, had college scholarship offers already as a junior. Uh, passed out, and the coaches cussed him out. The coaches thought he was faking it. You know, they they finally realized, oh my gosh, something's wrong. He he dies in the ambulance. They bring him back. The coaches never came to the hospital to see him. Never asked how he was doing. This young man, who now is a an orthopedic surgeon, uh, years later, said, Doctor Jacobs, my heart's broken. My mind is broken, and my spirit's broken. I remember that statement. He goes, I gave everything for this team. I, I want to play football, but the coaches didn't even ask how I'm doing. They don't even care. And he could have died. Sure. And they didn't have the right you know, uh, situation set up to deal with that. And so let's talk about this. You, you and I have known each other forever, but you work with, with – explain what you do and, and, and what you're in charge of. So I'm the program director for youth sports medicine at the University of Kansas Health System. And we have contracts with fourteen or 13 high schools and 14 middle schools, the Blue Valley, 
uh, DeSoto, Lansing, and Shawnee Mission School District. And so we put athletic trainers, similar to me, out at those schools to um, take care of any type of uh, athletic-related um, injury. And so one of the things that we also do is we put in place emergency action plans, not only for, let's say, a DeMar Hamlin situation, which we train for every year. We train for those situations like that, but also for heat. And so and and along with our emergency action plan, we have a great partner. We have great partners with our school districts, but we also have a great partner with Keisha, which is the Kansas State High School Activities Association. And so they put out their recommendations. And so, like you said, with your soccer team last week going at 730 in the morning, our football team, they were they were restricted to either 530 to 7 o'clock in the morning, or they had to go 8 o'clock to 9.30 at night just to stay out of the heat of the day. And so 15 years ago, and I shudder to think what I did um, when I graduated from Oak Park High School in 1975, uh, what we did with our um, football teams back then with the half-full Dixie Cup two-a-day football practices in August, and let's take some salt tablets on that. And um, Right, it, and, and and I recall I went to Shawnee Mission North where I will, I'm proud to say we won state all three years. I was there only lost one game, graduated in 72. Yeah, the salt tablets. A good friend of mine, one of my lifelong friends, still friends with here, he's actually 69, 68 years old, known since kindergarten. He, sophomore year, quit quit the football team because they wouldn't let him drink anything and he passed yeah. he, he sort of passed out and they said you can have some orange juice later i remember that and he said i can't do this and yeah. so it's yeah. changed times have changed fortunately times have changed and we're a lot smarter and we don't have uh that mentality that pervaded back then is not the mentality of today Today, we have a kid's first mentality. We're going to look at all avenues to take care of these kids. And so, um, you know, one of the things um, to start with heat is you have to have an emergency action plan. And so, excuse me, my staff creates an emergency action plan at each of their respective schools, whether it's the high school or whether it's the middle school. Then they go and do an emergency action plan for the respective sport. Explain what that is. What's an emergency action plan? So the emergency action plan is exactly what it says. If there's an emergency, if we were to have a DeMar Hamlin situation, which if you th- uh, if you can recall. Or, or Bronny James. Or Bronny James situation. If you, if you recall a few years ago at one of our um, high schools, um, we had a young man who was from a visiting team threw a pitch and fell, collapsed. And he was in a um, V-fib situation, so his heart had, had had some complications, and we had to enact the emergency action plan. He is alive today because of the reaction of the athletic trainers, the reaction of the coaches who went through the emergency action plan. The actual coach, the head coach of that team, the visiting team, had been an assistant coach the year before at this high school and knew where everything was. 
knew where the AED was, and we we were fortunate we had some medical personnel in the um, in the uh, stands to come out and help and assist with the situation. But but the young man's alive today because of that, and so the emergency action plan is put in place for emergency situations. Yes, we get a broken fibula which is down in the lower part, lower part of the lake. And yeah, that's an emergency. It's not and and we'll enact it's not life threatening. It's not a life threatening emergency, but we'll enact our emergency action plan for that. Well, with the heat that we experienced last week, we had to do practices differently. Now volleyball goes in, so in indoors. So they're okay cuz they're in a climate controlled situation unless they're air conditioning breaks and then we have an emergency action plan if that were to happen let me let me interrupt you for a second Doug. so this is awesome that you're doing this have you had any resistance from any coaches or any administrators at all about something like this no good no it's it's an education piece um we get the coaches to come in and our, our uh, the staff the youth sports medicine staff will take let's just say the football coaches and they'll say Here's what we're going to do today. Here's our emergency situation. And in football, you always practice face down, fully um, equipped, not breathing, no pulse, go. What do you need? Well, the, the, the only medical person probably there is the athletic trainer, so they're going to run this situation. And every, every high school has an athletic trainer at, at practice now? Yeah, in, in the Kansas City metro area. Now, getting outside the Kansas City metro area, I can't say, and I know out in western Kansas, not all those schools have, um, have athletic trainers. They don't have the accessibility to them. Say that they don't have the accessibility to the, well they might not have the accessibility sometimes it's a, a monetary thing that they don't have the money to afford an athletic trainer but um and, and jumping off what we're saying we held a uh, emergency action plan seminar july 21st out at, out in lawrence for area coaches so is it required no no it's not required it, it was it was it was offered so the one was it well attended um not as a not as well as we would not have as much liked. as you wanted right i should have been on your show prior to that to uh broadcast it i think i would have got more coaches to come out but what it's for is the high schools have an emergency action plan but what about the the fourth grade youth soccer Dad, who's out somewhere in a field practicing um, soccer with his team, and all of a sudden we have a collapse on the field. What are they going to do? They're just going to stand there? Do they have a plan in place? And it's very easy to put the plan in place. So we had a seminar on a Friday night for coaches. On Saturday, we had a seminar for healthcare um, individuals, very well attended. And, and so, um, you know, next year we're going to have to find a better avenue to get to our coaches because what we don't want is people just standing there looking and and wondering what to do. Um, I don't want to go back to a gruesome situation, but the Las Vegas um, shootings that occurred a few years ago. Um, Out of want, Mandalay Bay at, at the concert, right, right, right. Well, and and so. Um, I forget the numbers of of dead, but I, I want to say over fifty. I think. Yeah, fifty to sixty um, um, perished as a result of that. But a high number of twenties, twenty seven, twenty eight, just bled out because people didn't know what to do. And if they knew how to apply a tourniquet, apply pressure, some of those people would have lived. 
so all that is taking into effect in your emergency action planning and then so you're the, what you're saying is an emergency action plan encompasses dealing with a variety of things not variety. just not just passing out from the heat but an injury bleeding broken bones whatever it might be cardiac just arrest had to do it like, like, like the whole situation Bronny yeah. James had at a basketball game right. fortunately it, you, I believe you, you, where it's USC, UCLA, whichever school is that I can't remember, they handled that right away and probably saved his life. Probably saved his life, correct. And so, you know, uh, the, USC, the one, with the, the one that we remember the most is DeMar Hamlin. Right. Okay. And if you think about that, um, they want I want to say they had 20, high 20s to low 30 number of medical personnel there to save his life. And, and if I can interject with that, and, and Mitch Morris, who has been on the show with me several times, who works with me, the Center for the Bills, mm-hmm. was highlighted a lot in, in all that. He was right there. I mean, you can't meet a better person than him. I'll tell you that right now. And he, he shared about that whole situation, just about how the medical team was right there. He said, right. He said, Doc, I've never seen the Mac anything so fast. They were out there almost when he collapsed. And they knew exactly what was going on. So, of course, that's an NFL team. They're prepared for all these things. They have to be. We're talking now about high school, middle school, youth sports. Every every place at that level is not. Well, and and the, the amazing thing about that um, is that we had the national speaker in town, July 21st, July 22nd, that goes out and trains the NFL teams. Rod Walters is his name. And he gave the lecture on Friday night to the coaches. He he was part of the lecture group on Saturday to the healthcare um, providers that we had in. And so the same nationally known person that's going to the Bills, that's going to the Detroit Lions, to the Kansas City Chiefs, and running them through their emergency action plan was the person that was in town um, um, running our seminars. We're going to go to our first break here in a second, Doug, and I, I'd like to, if anybody's interested in calling in, our phone number is 913 If you're a coach, you're a parent, you're concerned about the safety at practices, the safety at games for, you, for you, the games you coach, the games you're attending. Here's the expert, Doug Wiesner. I've known him forever. He's the best best at this. He's the program director for youth sports medicine at, at KU Health, Health Systems here in town. He can give you the best advice anybody can give you about this. So our phone number is 913-3810-810. Our shows are podcasted everywhere, so I know a lot of people are going to listen to this. My podcast are listened to on, on SoundCloud over 5,000 times a week. So... I've been looking at the stats lately. It's it's amazing all over the world. So people, you may get a call from, you know, Afghanistan on this. Seriously, it, it's amazing who's listening to this. But nine one three three eight ten eight ten. If you're a coach, you're a parent, you're an athlete. You're concerned about practicing in the heat or about issues that go on physically that could happen to you. At practice. Here's the expert. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten is the number. Give me a call. And let's talk. We're on the leader in sports. Sports Radio eight ten WHB. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB here in Kansas City. I'm here every Sunday morning talking about the mental side of sports. Our shows, as I said, are podcasted all over. Go to my website, winnersunlimited.com. Check out the podcast tab, and you can hear close to 10 years of podcasts there. All the major podcast apps, our shows are there as well. 
and I'm fortunate this morning to have my good friend Doug Wiesner in. We've known each other since the 1980s, as we said earlier, when I started working with the Kansas City Commons. I want to talk about that for a second. So uh, that was the first pro team I worked with. And, you know, back then, no one had really heard of sports psychology. I've shared, you know, dozens of times on this show. I interviewed here around town in Kansas City in the fall of 1981 when I moved back home at four of the local colleges. And the athletic director at one of the none of them were interested. And the athletic director at one place said, I don't believe in hocus pocus and witchcraft and threw his cape over his shoulder and walked away. <laughs> I'll just never forget that guy. Um then I came and started with the comments. You know, sports psychology now is pretty popular. Correct. The mental side of sports is, you know, I've talked about it forever. But for years, people kept telling me, you know, get out of here. We don't need you. I've had numerous jobs, you know, back with the comments. We, you know, I was there and then we changed coaches and that coach, you know. Yeah, it was. It, he, it, he thought it was stupid to have me there. Made me, got rid of me. Didn't want me around, even though the Dr. Showens out the owner wanted me there. Right. It's it's uh, back then, you know. You had a wide variety of coaches, and and you still have a wide variety of coaches. But it has grown so much, and and I know we talked about the emergency action plan. But the one thing that I haven't told you is we have a mental health action plan at all of our schools. Good, there and should so be. Um, so and and now there's a national number. If you have a emergency, you. Think about calling 911, right? If you break your leg, you're going to call 911. Help, I need some some help. But now there's 988, which is the mental health um, crisis hotline number. And so mental health, um, especially in sports, has grown tremendously. You know, and, and again, as you've said, you were the pioneer. You were you were in the uh, cart and buggy when when all this stuff. You no, know, there wasn't a cart. Yeah, you. There wasn't you, a buggy. As, it was as, just my feet. No, as, ser- but seriously, I mean, you know, you've known me forever. Yeah. You've seen how my career's developed, and the negativity that was addressed towards me by so many people um, was amazing. And now you're seeing you you've seen that you know. Yeah, of course, when I got hired by the Comets back then. There, you know, there are a lot of heads that were people. Are, oh, what's this guy for? But amazingly, I got accepted pretty quickly by pretty much everybody on the team because they 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 saw the importance. Of they it. saw they saw how you help one, and then it cascades. And there's a saying of an old colleague of mine that that only a baby with a wet diaper likes change. Um, you were change, and so. Those ruffled feathers, and back then the coaches, the coaching philosophy back then is I can do this myself. My, if we show some mental, weakness. except we didn't, except Rick Ben Ben, who's to this day still a good friend of mine, who was our, co- you know, Pat McBride resigned on Christmas Day, nineteen eighty four. Rick became the head coach, and right. I got hired the, the day before, and Rick didn't even know who I was. Rick accepted me and, and was totally into having me around, and it was great because I had a coach. And Billy Gazunas, our assistant coach, accepted me and accepted the importance of this. And right. That's, and, and so just like with what we're talking about it, with with the, the physical issues that go on. So we've got youth sports, Doug. Okay. You had eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds out practicing in the heat last week. I saw that. Yeah, there's a big story in the news about it. Um, a lot of coaches are like, oh, we'll just drink some water. We're fine. Okay. I, fortunately, I did not hear of any 
tragic stories about any kids collapsing or or getting let, sick let, or dying. Let's hope we don't hear that. Yeah, but I'm sure there were some that that collapsed um, from the heat. But like I said, hopefully everyone's all right. So how do we how do we deal with that? Okay, with at the youth sport level, which you have all these youth sports out there, you know, dozens of them. Lots of coaches are trained. Lots of coaches are not. They play, you know, the soccer team, the eight-year-old soccer team doesn't have a coach, but the dad played soccer when he was a kid, so he'll coach, which is great. Great for him to do that. But they don't know what to do in these situations. What can be done? What should, what should we do about that? Well, again, that was that was the purpose of our Friday night um, um, emergency action planning seminar on Saturday when we had the healthcare um, um, providers in it was emergency action training and that was well attended and that was well attended but, the, but for the coaches it wasn't that well attended. well for the coaches it wasn't well attended and, at and, all. and beca- part because it's a new program it's not that well known yet but at the same time just like when I'll go give a speech and and I have talked dozens and dozens of times over the years lots of coaches don't want to come listen to me because they don't want to hear it. They don't, oh, I don't need that. Right? So there's that mindset. I don't need to go to that. Right. There, There is that mindset. And I, I'll tell you that in the high school environment, that mindset is starting to change. Now, getting to the youth element. Hold on, hold on. Why, why is it changing? Well, because they're starting to recognize the need for it. You know, unfortunately, we, our, our mental health crisis in this country are going up. And so we need to have experts like yourself out there and i'm not here to rub you but um um you know uh, we need um people that are trained in this whether it's on this on on the sports side of things or or on just a everyday activity um life type of type of situation this crisis is starting to build and you know being in this um profession as long as i have I always look to try to stay ahead of the game and I always look to say, okay, well, what's going to be the next thing? Of course, you know, concussion came up 10, 12 years ago. We had a movie, Will Smith in it, all that stuff. Well, you start looking, okay, we're going to get more, um, we're going to get more publicity. We're going to get more research. We're going to get more knowledge on and, and you see, excuse me, in the NFL games, they've got the tent that goes up. Anybody they think suspects has a concussion, right? They pull him in there and tackle right. him and don't let him back on the field, right? And so they're taking more and more steps. And then, so for myself, always looked and I said, well, I think the athletic heart will be the next big thing. Not to say that I I, I saw a Demar Hamlin situation or the situation that we had at uh, one of our high schools a few years ago. But the next the next growing situation is actual mental health. Well, you're you're speaking to the choir on that one, as know. you know. Um, and I've talked about it forever. The the interesting thing with that is, um, since and really, you know, we go to the professional level. Kevin Love was one of the very first people who admitted, you know, he had an anxiety attack at a Cleveland Cavaliers game. They and and, and what's interesting about that is. They didn't know what was going on with him. Right. They took him into the training room. They evaluated. Couldn't figure out what was wrong. They took him to the hospital where they finally said, you had an anxiety attack. So the training staff at that point didn't recognize it. So it's now becoming, you know, of course, he has been open about that. You've had the, the Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles situations. 
as well as, you know, Michael Phelps has talked extensively about his alcohol, the alcohol issues. And, you know, these things go, the mental health part of everything is the foundation of all. If you're not mentally together or psychologically healthy, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And then that affects you physically. And so when we look at coaches, okay, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've I've encountered throughout my career, and I want you to comment on this as well, is arrogance. Okay, let's face it, coaches have egos. We all have egos. We all have egos. Okay, but and and I'm sure you've encountered somewhere along the way with some coaches. We don't need this. We don't need this stuff right now. We don't need the the, the physical training. You know, we're not going to have these problems. Have you ever encountered something like that? Oh, sure. I mean, early early in my early in my career. I mean, we did everything wrong, you know, with concussion. Let's just go back to concussion. And um, I, I shudder to think what I would tell an athlete to put them back out onto the field because that wasn't the philosophy, that wasn't the mentality back then was, hey, you know, you took a great hit. Good job. Get back out in there. Get back out there. Prove that you're a stud. Go back out there and play. Got my bell rung, but I'm okay. And we don't use that statement anymore. Well, that was what used to be said. Yes, but that's what we would say back then. I got my bell rung three times last night in the football game. I can't see the math problem in front of me right now, but I was a stud last night, and I'm the stud walking around on Monday at school. That's gone. That's gone. Um, Well, hopefully totally gone, but probably not everywhere. Excuse me, because the arrogance... Let's face it, a lot of athletes want to be tough, and, this, and, and, and an injury of any kind is a sign, a lot of people see it as a sign of weakness, physical weakness, mental weakness. And I worked, it's been close to, gosh, 10, 11 years ago, there was a college football player who died from second impact syndrome, mm-hmm. and he got a concussion, but wouldn't tell anybody, and they did the Oklahoma drill. Mm-hmm. Okay, where you go out and hit each other in the head, basically, and he got hurt again. But he wanted anybody to know. And then at practice later that afternoon, he collapsed. And and we see that we recognize that we had a young man down at Spring Hill High School, you know, ten fifteen years ago, um, second impact syndrome, and he succumbed to those injuries. And so you start taking a look at those things, you know. We went back so far arrogantly as to say, you don't need more water. That just shows that you're not tough enough. You're weak. That's you're a sign weak. of weakness. Okay, that's a sign of weakness. You should have right. taken a salt tablet early on and that's Right. I, I don't think I've heard a coach make a statement like that in 20 years. Because uh, it's been educated. Because so, so. it's been educated. The same way we've educated people with concussion the same way we're trying to educate people with emergency action planning and training the same way we're educating people with heat related situations so, so and what to do in let's focus on the heat situations. here for a second then so and if you're just joining us my guest is doug wiesner he's the youth sports director at, at, at university of kansas health systems um, the sports medicine and we're talking about injuries dealing with that Doug and I have known each other for close to 40 years. Well, actually over 40 years, 1984. Wow, getting old. Anyway. It's 40 years. Yeah. Next year. And and I've got more hair than you do, too. Yes, you We won't talk Thank about you. that. Anyway. I'm um, better looking, though. Well, that depends on you. Now, 
Cavell, who's better looking? Let's, <laughs> let's ask my producer. It's definitely an obje- uh, subjective okay. matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about the heat, okay? Yeah. Um, you've got youth sports. Now, like we've said, the heat's broken here in town, but it could, you know, it very easily could be upper 90s, 100 again here. It will quickly. be. This is Kansas City in, in all, late August. So you've got a 10-year-old soccer team out there, okay, and it's going to be 95 degrees and after school, 3.34 in the afternoon, they've got practice. So what should they do or what should they not do? Shouldn't practice then, but... Uh, okay, first of all, they shouldn't practice then. Um, but... But they've got a big game coming up but tomorrow. But they've, they've got a big game coming up, um, you know... I, I don't drive to all the practice facilities, but we have this huge soccer complex about 135th and, and uh, Schweitzerish, right? And you drive by there um, in the heat of the day, and you see the kids out there practicing. You know, they've paid money for that field. Um, they've got to practice somewhere, what have you. The coach is but getting paid. There's, the coach they're is paid getting to be paid, on the team. But the but. So so I can see that there's a lot of mitigating circumstances to having that practice out there, and they have the big game tomorrow. So what should you do besides the fact that cancel it and go practice it at a different time? Okay, so it's a 10-year-old soccer game, yes. soccer team, and a couple parents say, sorry, uh, my, my daughter's not going to practice today. It's too hot. So the coach says, well, she didn't practice. She didn't play tomorrow. Right? You've heard that. Oh, I've heard that, yes. Millions of times. So, yes. okay, so what do you do? Well, as a parent, I don't let my kids practice, okay? Because the number one thing is the health and welfare of my my child. But what if my, the coach says they're not going to play if they don't practice? Then? And that's, uh, well, every parent is going to make that decision, all right? As a parent, I made that decision with my daughter, who was a competitive softball pitcher. And I had to make that decision. But Did you? Yeah, sure. I made I made those decisions. I went and talked to the coach. Obviously, I'm a certified athletic trainer. The coach is going to go. Well, maybe I ought to listen to this guy. And so, well, excuse me, excuse me. Hold on, interrupt you. So, what if, was there ever a time that you wouldn't let your daughter play? No. Okay. No, I we we never got into the time. And, and again, if you if we want to talk about what should we do if we're going to go ahead and practice. Um, what we should do is we should modify practice. Okay? So, so the, the the coach says you got you got to practice or we don't you don't play. But it's you know it's it's really it's, it's ninety five ninety eight degrees three three thirty in the afternoon. As a parent, then what should the parent do? So the parent um, needs to make a decision as to whether or not um, their child is going to practice that day. And and again, we're talking about ten year olds. All right, twelve-year-olds, thirteen—it doesn't matter. Well, well we're talking about twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old, sixteen-year-olds. We're talking about youth sports. There's another game. There's a. There's always another game. So, what does the parent do uh, in in that situation? They they they're going to make their own decision as a parent. I can only say what I would have done if I'm in that situation. I take as a parent who doesn't have the knowledge that I have. I have to. I, I would have said, "No, this is this is crazy. It's too too hot out." So, here. so the but the parent needs to call the coach or text the coach. I say, speak to him directly yeah. versus texting or emailing. But, speak speak to the coach and say, "Look, 
we feel it's too hot for our daughter to be out here practicing today. We're mm-hmm. gonna, she's gonna refrain. Well, sorry, if she isn't out here, she won't play tomorrow in the game. Well, you know what? It's it's a hundred degrees. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, it's we don't feel it's safe for her to be out there practicing for for an hour and a half. We're we're gonna well we're gonna have some water available. Sorry, uh, we don't think think it's a healthy situation. Well, she won't play then. Right, and and you know there are coaches out there that will say that, and um and and that and and the parent has the right to take them out of practice and to let them forego that game. Listen. You're going to deal with your child too, as a parent, because the child's going to have the pressure of the other of the other teammates that are out there practicing, going, "Well, I played, and look, nothing happened to me." Okay, that's okay. You're hoping that, and and this is where I told all the coaches, the the coaches that attended our seminar, I've been in sports for forty some odd years, and I've never heard. The current, if the current, the coach of the current goes into the locker room and says, our game plan is, I hope we score more goals than the other team, that's a bad game plan. If you hope an emergency situation doesn't happen to you, that's a bad game plan for the health of your kids out there. You have to start thinking, coaches, about the health of the kids, not at the cost of the field that 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 you've already paid for not at the game tomorrow you have to start thinking about the health of your kids and what happens if all of a sudden somebody goes down do you have a plan in place if somebody goes down so we're gonna we're gonna address this after this last break here i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs my guest is doug wiesner the program director for youth sports medicine at the university of kansas health systems we're talking about the health of your kids playing sports, dealing with injuries, dealing with heat, dealing with all these issues. If you've got a question or comment for us, if you're a coach, you're a parent, you're an athlete. This is this is the expert right here, Doug Wiesner. Give us a call at 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we are on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHP. Yeah, so... Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour with some hot singers there. I think that was Frank Sinatra yeah, talking there. Yeah, that was there. Frank. Um, I like to switch it up. Yeah, Cavell, yeah, you put some good music on Yeah, we friend. remember that. Maybe he's, maybe a lot of people don't remember Frank that. who? Frank um, who, yeah. My guest is Doug Wiesner. Uh, I've known for forever at the University of Kansas Health Systems, youth sports director for sports medicine. We're talking about Dealing with with the heat, dealing with injuries, things like that. We've got a caller on the line. Let's go to the call. Let's, uh, caller, his name is Bob. Bob, good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Great. Thanks for calling in. What's your question for us? Well, so I wanted to kind of uh, bounce off you guys. You know what? So if you've got a high school athlete that's in the, you know playing baseball right now, right? Uh, you know, going into their juniors or going into their senior years. Uh, coming off of their summer, you know, travel league teams and going into fall baseball and then, you know, getting ready for the spring. Um, you know, my son's dealing with a similar situation where, you know, he, he had quite a large workload over, over the, over the spring and the summertime. 
And then now going into the fall, his travel team doesn't really want to allow him to take a break to prepare for his spring and, and high school season. Why, why not? Well, because well, <laughs> it's a numbers game is what I was told. And if he wasn't one of the top four pitchers, that it'd be a different story and this, that, and the other. But, you know, it, <clears throat> I asked his coach, you know, do you know how many innings uh, he threw for you this summer? And he didn't even know. Mm. Right? Yeah. Which, by the way, was 60-plus and, and almost a 1,000 pitches. But but I think, <clears throat> I think that, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, players – health and, and really whenever I listened to this was listening to you guys earlier and you guys put the number on there I had to reach out because I was just curious what you guys thought about it a lot of people are saying well they're young enough that you know if there is an injury they can bounce back fast enough but what about that time they're missing for the development portion still at, at this age I think is critical too, how, old, how right? old is your son Bob uh, seventeen. Okay, so let just, me let me turn seventeen. Let me jump in with with a quick story before Doug comments. So, I work with high school kids all, all ages, professional, college, high school, youth sports. I, I work with all of them, and I work with a young lady for a couple of years who was a high school basketball player, very successful basketball player, had a, sco- a scholarship offer, which she she ended up having and 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 did. Um, but before her senior year, end of July, she was seeing me. And we, we talked about a lot of things besides sports. But she said, Dr. Jacobs, i got to ask you something. I'm, I'm tired. I said, what's going on? I'm, I'm tired of playing so much. So I said, you know, when, when's the last time you took a break? She hadn't taken a break for two years. I mean, other than a few days here and there. I mean, a break like like two to four weeks off. I'm like, you know. Why? Well, you know, I go from a summer ball. As soon as high school starts, we have practices starting in August. They're not required, but they are required. And, you know, then we get into high school, and high school goes until March. And then March, we start the club stuff, and the club stuff goes. And I said, you know what? You need a break. So we, her parents come in the next week, and we decide she was going to take six weeks off for basketball. Now, this is the beginning, end of July, beginning of August. There's no reason for her to have to play basketball, except the high school coach two weeks later is saying, you got to start practicing. So she told the coach she's taking time off. That coach called me up and cussed me out on the phone. Okay. Wow. Okay. I said, uh, you know, you're a fool. I, I let him have it. He hung up on me. All right. Well, she came back in, in mid-September, played, ended up tearing her ACL, so she missed her senior year. And then in summer ball, next summer, she tore ACL, other ACL before college, but she got her scholarship, played for two years. But she told me, had she not taken that time off, she said she would have been so depressed. She, we, we talked, I mean, she, there were suicidal thoughts were going in her head about the guilt of letting everybody down, especially this coach. And I said, you've got to take care of your mind and your body. Okay, so Doug, you jump in here. So, um, uh, you know, your question is great. Um, it'd be a great question for Dr. Vince Key, who's the uh, one of our orthopedic surgeons, and he's also the head team physician at Kansas City Royals. But if I quote him right, he would say they got to have at least two months off. They have to have at least two months off. Um, you know, they shut them down. Let's let's just say that the fall sports season ends the first of November. He doesn't let them do anything 
um, November, December, and probably most of January, he'll start him up with some um, um, off-season or preseason conditioning programs and, and things like that. But we have the greatest example in this town um, that we've had in a long time, and his name's Pat Mahomes. What did Pat Mahomes do in, in high school? Pat Mahomes played football, obviously. Then he went and played basketball, couldn't play bas- or football while he played basketball. Oh, and then in the springtime, he played baseball. Couldn't play football in the wintertime, couldn't play football in the springtime. And he's the greatest football player going today. And so cross-training is huge. And so for your son, who is getting no relief... Aside from the mental aspect of it, because it's the same old process day after day after day, which starts to drag him down. If you think about it, and and, and I don't know about last year's draft, this past year's draft, but the year before, um, 31 of the 32 top draft choices were multi-sport athletes. So whether your son is any good at soccer, whether he's any good at basketball, whether he's any good at swimming or golf or anything like that, I'd get him out of the environment, keep him active, don't let him sit on the couch and eat bonbons all day long, keep him active, and have him play a different sport. Or take take some, Bob, take some time off. I mean, when's the last time he took time off? Oh, you know, well, they really don't. You know, he plays spring baseball, he plays summer baseball, he plays fall baseball, and then they go into a six- to eight-week uh, winter workout program. Well, yeah, where, so, so I'm going to jump you know. in here. He needs to take some time off. Yeah. He, okay, if, 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 as much for his arm, as much for his brain, mind. You know, I, I was the royal psychologist a couple times, and I was there from 2008 to 2011, and... We had several pitchers who were pitching on threads in their shoulders. They had virtually nothing left because they'd been pitching forever and had never really taken time off. And their arms were worn out. So I think, you've, you know, I, I hear these stories, like you're telling me, of this nonstop pitch. He's going to end up with some kind of sh- – there's a good – and I'm not saying he will. There's a good chance he can end up with some kind of shoulder injury. So taking, right. a, taking a break is important. That's absolutely what I, my concern was too, and then you know, and that was our that was really our message for for the coach and you know for the team was I, this fall and this winter. I really we really just want him to work on personal growth and development, whether that be mental, whether that be you know. I told him he'd be working out, he'd be running a mile every week, those types of things, and that's what he's doing now. But Good. those are the types of things he can't do whenever he's you know working full-time playing baseball full-time going to school full-time so i really appreciate your guys' uh input here let me, let me way, ask you how did the coach react to that when you told him that uh, well uh you know not very well he's no longer on the team you know i told i he said he had to fill the spot well then that's it you know what excuse me bob then then you're lucky he's not on that team because that's a coach i wouldn't want my son playing for because he doesn't get it well, secretly, I didn't tell that to my son just in case he decides to play for him again in the winter because I told my son two things. I said, trust the process, believe in yourself, and let God sort it out, number one. And then number two, 
come summertime when he needs a pitcher, you'll be the first person that he calls. Yeah, well, he knows you had a break. He knows you'll be fresh, and then you can make that decision. Well, you got you. you. You and your son have to make those decisions together because it's not about the coach; it's about you. Listen, Bob, thanks for calling in, sir, and, and good luck. Hope things Appreciate work it. out. Thanks. You know, Doug. Here's the deal. Um, this has been awesome. Everyone, you know, like I said, our shows listened to, podcasted everywhere, so people are going to hear this. People want to reach you, get a hold of you. How can they get in contact with you? Because I know there are going to be some people who want to talk to you privately. Yeah, so my office number is 913-574-1908. Doug Wiesner. Uh, My email address is D as in Doug Wiesner, W-I-E-S-N-E-R at K-U-M-C dot E-D-U. It's been great having you on. It's always great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And so I hope people will contact you. People need to contact you. You know what this is about. You know how to deal with this. Um, Too many kids end up getting hurt physically and mentally because the the toughness thing. I got to be tough. I can work through it. Right. And a lot of kids need to do that. But like Bob, who just called, that's exactly why we did this show. So if we helped him out, we help one person. That's why I do this show. It's, it's all worth it if we help at least one. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoyed the show. There are a lot of ways to get a hold of me. You can reach me at my office, which is 816-561-5556. Give me a call. Whether you're here in Kansas City or anywhere, I do telehealth uh, sessions with people all over the place. You can check out my website, winnersunlimited.com. My email address there is drj at winnersunlimited.com. Send me an email if you'd like to get a hold of me. Give me a call, whatever. Our shows are, are here every we're here every Sunday morning. Our shows are podcasted everywhere. Listen in. Tell people about it. This is a great show, Doug. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Andy.